Where the Whiteboards Are, a podcast by educators about all things education. In teaching, when you move from pre-service teacher, you're in college, you do the student teaching thing, and you finally get your classroom, there's a lot of shocking realizations that maybe that you were underprepared, you're not as great of a teacher as you thought you were going to be. So there's lots of things that you'll find surprising in your first year of teaching let alone your first three, 10, what have you. So we're going to talk about some of the things that surprised us in our teaching journey. I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. You know what surprised me? I'm the adult in the room. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, whoa, nobody else is here right now. Like, <laughs> I am now in charge of however many children, you know, 110 on yeah. a daily basis. They look to you like, what are you going to do about this? And you're like, i I have no idea. Do not what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fake it. Yeah, literally. Find yeah. an adult to your adult. Thank, yep. really Thank you for my $27,000 a year. <laughs> <laughs> my two pennies I yeah. put together in the corner. <laughs> so accurate. But, uh, um, I am continually surprised, especially my first year teaching. I had all juniors and seniors, right? Nobody under the age of 16, essentially, in my room. And the power of stickers is truly amazing kids will fight somebody for a sticker and i don't understand if you are a pre-service teacher or a new teacher and you're like what is a good classroom management system ethically i don't think stickers are maybe the best um, but they will get you through the day stickers and jolly ranchers oh i a bag of dum-dums costs 11 dollars at sam's there's 500 of them and they will last a very long time yeah food food in general like hungry teenagers Mm-hmm. Food is the great equalizer. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, I don't know if this is appropriate under this topic, <laughs> um, but like the amount of kids who just walk into my room and they're like, do you have food for me? Like, can I have a snack? I'm like, what? I don't feed you. <laughs> <laughs> That's not on my agenda today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had a, f- a family of students. It was twin sisters and an older brother, and they were very motivated by food. And I was lucky enough to have a large classroom. I had a refrigerator, a, a kitchen in, in the classroom. Um, and the, the twin sisters at one point, they just started eating my lunch. <gasps> and they didn't realize that was socially inappropriate. They just thought, well, it's in there. Nobody's eating it right now. So I'm... <laughs> and, and I was, I was shocked. Like, what, what are you doing? And they're like, well, it's food in the refrigerator and nobody's eating it like like well it's my right lunch. now <laughs> <laughs> and like i adore them and love them to death but i was just like dumbfounded i didn't know how to respond you know you could have said the same story about one of our former colleagues <laughs> it's in the fridge it's i don't true. know what you it's mean not, I can't nobody's eating it. it right now <laughs> Quick stories. My second year teaching, so this is before you all are at Pleasant Hope, there was a third special ed teacher. Um, and she was she was having a bad, bad day. It was spring. She had already found out she wasn't getting renewed. Um, so she was just having a bad time, like, and just trying to get to the end of the year. She comes in, her lunch container is missing from the fridge. And she's like, Has anybody seen it? And well, what's it look like? What color is it? Shape? She kind of tells us, and is like, 
I cannot believe this and like gets upset. Rightfully right. so. It's your lunch. Rightfully so. Because it's you kind of, you get to that point in the day and you're just like, I just want to eat my lunch. You and have 20 minutes. <laughs> like kind of goes on a top tirade and escalates pretty high and we all get it, but you don't know what to say. Uh, so she goes to the cafeteria, gets her lunch. She has to pay for it, comes back. <laughs> somebody opens the fridge and like moves a container and hers was uh, like, and it's like, wait, was somebody looking for this? Like, had that been me, I would have been so, so embarrassed. It's better at that point not to say anything. Right. I would have just, you know, right. just ignored just throw it, it and been like, that's not the Push it further back. Push it further back. You had it the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, one time somebody stole my chocolate milk out of the fridge and I was about done. Like, what? just the, I'd gone to special get it. And the fact that it was not in the fridge when I wanted it was day uh, crushing. So I understand. Adults are just as bad as kids is really the takeaway yeah. here. <laughs> you know what surprises me is how we all, like as a society, recognize the importance and the value of education. Oh, this one feels dark. Oh. No, it's <laughs> okay. I've, I've got one. And yet. And, yeah. and yet there is such a concerted effort to undermine the the effectiveness of teachers, the the trust that we're supposed to have in them, like as teachers, I don't mm. know, just specifically, I mean, before we were recording, we were talking about house bill 1995 or whatever it is where it's like, yeah, let's sue the teachers for making educational decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, as like, I, I don't know that I've ever met a teacher who has an agenda to push on the children that they can't even get to stop like farting on each other. <laughs> you know, like what could I, what agenda could I successfully push on? Right. Yeah. You know, but like, no, the parents, they're convinced. And so we're going to sue the teachers. It's like, like, oh my God, like what do you, what, what is the end goal? You know? That just made me so. reflect on how many times in a day I say, why are we touching each other? Okay. Children. I work with children. Yeah, mm -hmm. very much. <laughs> they look almost adulty, but they're, they're, oh, right. they're yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Their bodies may have grown and they may be comparable size to an adult, right. but the little brain inside, not, no, not right all, all the way. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that surprised me or still surprises me is what they don't know. You know, like I'm always surprised that when I say something, they're like, what do you mean, Helen Keller so and Anne Frank aren't the same person? So many oh times no, my <laughs> child, they are not. <laughs> what do you mean? You can't just get to Japan. It's right next to Hawaii. I see it on the map. It's right there. It's right next to it. Yes. Man, I always emphasize to them. I'm like, look, you go to Google Maps and you can make it to where the Pacific Ocean fills the entire screen, the same way that North North America, South America, Africa, and Europe fill the screen. I'm like. That's a big place, place. That place is huge. Uh -huh. That surprises me every time I try to think about it. <laughs> so, <laughs> a little existential thing. Yeah, like, oh my God. How do they work? <laughs> the world is so big. <laughs> this is my seventh year of teaching, I realized. <laughs> oh my gosh. But uh, when I started teaching in a rural community, I didn't know a cow had to be pregnant to produce milk. <laughs> Babe. I just know they always had milk. I remember having to um, answer that question for you. All right. I yeah. thought they were messing with me. So no. when we have an ag teacher on, we just need to remember to right. bring that up. But, okay, I also got Mesopotamia yeah. and Fertile Crescent. Eric was there. Yep. 
Yeah. And uh, breeding for selective traits. Yeah. I nailed the ag one lesson. Oh, nice. Uh, The ag teacher at the time told me he had never had somebody get all the questions. But you don't know where my comes from. (laughs) (laughs) You know that chocolate milk comes from the brown cows, right? Yeah, Uh Chucky. And if you shake it, if you shake them hard enough, it makes a milkshake. (laughs) (laughs) And those bring all the boys to the yard? Yes. Yes. Actually, they just bring more cows. It's really a problem. More boy cows. More boy cows. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Jacob had one. Yeah, I yeah, do. So this one is maybe a little bit more serious. So I'm sorry, I'm gonna kill the mood here. So you go into teaching, and it's kind of an idealistic profession, right? Like you want to believe that everybody can learn. You want to believe that you can make an impact. I am still surprised, but those first couple of years really surprised about how many people stay in education who really don't seem to want to be there. Oh, so true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, if, if you don't like this, there's other jobs you can get that will pay you more. Mm-hmm. That you've done before. Debbie. And will probably be less work. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. and that you have already done. <laughs> right. You didn't have to leave that job to come here and be miserable and make us all miserable. Right? I also think that's true for legitimately any job you that's, do. Yeah, that's fair. Like, if you hate it please stop but i think the stakes in education are maybe higher because you're like (laughs) around young minds yes and if you're miserable in all things (laughs) maybe (laughs) maybe don't be around young minds that are still jello that's where that will just follow your lead whether they realize it or not they're just gonna follow your well that's what when i was applying for my new district um or current district I had to teach in front of kids, right? And one of the students, I'm teaching a lesson. It's about close reading. One of the girls is like, I have a question. Yes. Thrilled. You know, kids don't want to talk to a stranger in the room. So somebody asking me a question, I'm big hyped. There are like seven people in the back of the room that are on my hiring committee. And she goes, do you actually like kids? Was her question. (laughs) And the adults were like, Sarah, like everybody was so offended that she asked me, and I was like, "That's a valid question." Yeah. Like, no, I don't. If you're going to take that perspective, it's a great question. Right? No, yeah. <laughs> the answer is I hate you all. But I was like, I don't know why everybody is so offended because there are definitely people who put off that I hate yeah, children vibe. Right. So I mean, I, I fall under that because they're always like, "Are you going to have kids?" And I'm well, always I like, "Do dislike small children?" No. Yes. No, no, no. Don't want any of those mouth breathers. <laughs> but you all, <laughs> you all are fantastic. Yeah, like yeah. it's just a different, a different mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something that surprises me, especially with teenagers, is that we know all the hot gossip, and that we like can just store it in our brain when they come into the room. I think they don't realize that we can hear them. Uh, like, yeah. like when they talk, I can hear them. Right. Like I can hear them very well. I have hawk ears and I tell them I have hawk ears, not hawk eyes, um, but hawk ears. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, I have all of the tea. Like if I wanted to spill and ruin all of their lives, I know what boyfriend is with what girl or what. All that gross like stuff. 
What? Yeah, that's how I was. I'm like, God. selective hearing, I guess. I'm like, I, no, please don't. It's I difficult for I me. After band rehearsal, it's like I got cotton in my ears, so they could say whatever they wanted. I'm just going to stare at the wall. I'm like, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Shreds, our building is on fire. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have a good lunch. <laughs> well, and just like, like, I had a kid who they started, they didn't start it, but there was like a, a bad profile on Instagram against Aww. a school or whatever. And so they were talking about it. They don't realize that like I'm an educator. And so therefore I'm just going to sneak off to my principal, write a little email and say, so-and-so has this email or mm. Instagram account. Mm -hmm. Can you, you know, just check in on this. Like, happy day for you, sir. Right. That's like, yours now. <laughs> like, they don't, I guess they don't think about like, yeah. I'm also in a, you know, like I listen, there's no, I know. there's no foresight. Either. No, no, yeah, not at all. I think the other thing that surprises me is the number of like illegal things that kids bring to school. Oh my God. Literally, okay. literally like, okay. <laughs> I always have a problem with these kids. I there were there were three kids just this past week that were vaping in the bathroom and they got ISS for it. And so like, it's like you went there, so you have to tell, tell that them story. the story. Tell the story. What? Oh my god! Yes. Yes. Don't act it's like so you don't know good. what story. It's so good. It's okay. The story. All right, back up, rewind. We're going back to like two years ago in my previous school. Three years ago, in my previous school. It's what like at the time? end of the year. It's like during finals week <laughs> or whatever. I need to use the restroom, right? I walk into the restroom. Oh, pause. Oh? There is no staff bathroom. That would be something that surprises yeah. me. Yeah. You oh, have yeah. to go to the bathroom. Some places otherwise, but you have to go to the bathroom I, where the kids are. I do for have context. a staff bathroom now, and that is nice. Okay. Absolutely. Anyway, so I walk into the bathroom, and it's full. there's like five or six boys in there milling about. Maybe one of them is like standing in an area where you do your business, right? And I'm like, ah, oh, God, kids are stupid. And one of them like <laughs> sees me and like acts real cool, but also leaves as mm -hmm. soon as I walk into the bathroom. The I'm like, man. I'm like, whatever, man. And I take the open spot and uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> I'm standing in the stall and this hand pops up like underneath the stall with a vape in it and just like, just like pops right underneath. I'm like, nah, fam, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> The student goes, oh, and then I, his eyes pop up over the top of the stall and goes, oh, hey, Mr. Shreds. I'm like, hey, bud, I'm going to finish up here. <laughs> and then whenever I came out of the stall, the bathroom was absolutely empty. Nobody was in the bathroom. Mysteriously. Like, huh. And so, yeah, and then I reported to. What whatever, you also need to remember is that Eric is in khaki pants and nice shoes. Oh, he yeah. does not look like a student. Eric's yeah. always fancy dressed. Ever. <laughs> so. And my favorite part is that when the principal calls in the student, he tries to say it wasn't him. <laughs> I'm like, I looked in your eyes after you like, offered No, that wasn't me. me. This like crappy, like $5 jewel from the gas station, you know? We're bringing crappy messages. <laughs> but, uh, oh, so back, back to what you were saying. It's like the amount of illegal, it surprises me. Like they can't figure it out. I'm like, I, I said this to one of the students. I'm like, guy, there, there are, there's so much, like there's things that I say outside of school. Like whenever I'm hanging out with my friends, there's things that me and my friends do that it just doesn't come to school. There's a time and a place for everything. And I promise if I can keep it away from school, you can also keep it away from school. You know, I'm not like hiding bottles in my desk or something like that. It's Wait, like, you're not? Whoa. Well, maybe you should start. That's what I've been doing wrong this whole time. <laughs> no. 
But it's just like, yeah, it surprises me as well. I'm like, just like, if you're going to be stupid, be smart about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, in a practical sense, what sometimes surprises me still is how you ultimately are responsible for setting your standards of what you're going to do as a teacher. Like if we talk about grading, for example, nobody really makes sure that I'm doing oh. good practice with yeah. my grades. Oh, right? okay. Yeah. Like I, I could easily just like pop in, give everybody a hundred, saves me a lot of time, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, move on with my time. Right. So like there's a lot of self impetus to have your standards as an educator and then uphold them. Yeah, I think ethics come into play a lot with our job and what we say or don't say. I think also comes into play for sure. You know, just like Eric said, there's a time and place for swearing or what have you. You know, obviously we're all human, but that definitely comes out. And I think it surprises me how students can sometimes swear. Like, I just, I never swore in school. I just didn't. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't a swear for a word. Eric was a bad student. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we'll leave it at that. One time I asked Eric if he had ever read To Kill a Mockingbird, which at (laughs) the time that we were in high school, basically every public school student would have read their freshman year in the state of Missouri. And Eric said, I don't know. There was a girl I liked in my English class. Oh, Why? Right. I was dating her. Well, the, uh, does that not mean you like her? <laughs> okay. They didn't like yeah, each other. Yeah, I was right. not related. I mean, so. wait, you guys weren't related? <laughs> Sorry. I'm not from Arkansas. He is from Rolla, though. Uh, Whoa! Oh. Hey. I think it also surprises me, like, because I grew up with a cell phone, right? I had a cell phone from sixth grade on, and it surprises me that students are still so attached to them in in a real sense that like I I asked a student how long they were on their cell phone like it because it can track that right like how many times you've opened it how many times you've been looking at it and what apps you've been on right on your settings and this student had been on their their phone at school for nine hours (gasps) and I was like nine hours and they're like that's longer than the school day correct and I was very surprised. And they're like, yeah, I average 70 hours a week <gasps> on my phone, my YouTube, my That's whatever it is. They can't help it. It's a literal addiction. Yeah. And like their, fr- their prefrontal cortex isn't even developed in a way where they can like make a decision against that addiction. Yeah, like and, their brain chemistry is absolutely hijacked. And it just surprises me because I did have a cell phone. Now, granted, I didn't have internet right? Social media and things like that necessarily on my phone growing up. I had snake. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> Solitaire. Right. But it, it just surprises me in the sense that they use that phone as such a crux in their life. Like it is in their hand. And Sam has said it before where it's an absent minded thing where they just don't even realize it, that they're touching it or using it. I witnessed this. It actually like stood out to me as like a behavioral observation like situation. It was after the last pep band game and like all the students are like working on, you know, lugging all the crap back over to the band room. Um, And I'm like cleaning up trash. And there's these two students who like one of them starts yelling at the other. And like the one that's getting yelled at is always causing problems anyways. Really good at like not getting caught causing the problem. It's just like for some reason he's always at the center of the problem. Anyways, so uh, this this one student starts yelling at him. And uh, so obviously it it, like attracts my attention and I walk over to them just to be like, hey, 
is there a problem here or can we handle it? And it was this really weird moment where like I watched both of them do it. Like the two that were in the altercation, I watched them do it. As I came over to shut it down, they both pulled out their phone and just started scrolling. Like they weren't even looking at what was on the phone. Mm -hmm. They just pulled it out and started scrolling on it so that they didn't look at me so mm -hmm. that they could. It was like an avoidance of eye contact. They obviously like and I stood there for like five seconds waiting for one of them to respond. Neither of them did. I didn't care. It was at a basketball game and I'm trying to get home because it's 10 o'clock at night. So I was like, I'm like, I'm done. Like, there's not actually an issue here. But like, I did stand there and I like watched it happen. And I was like, this is psychotic, mm -hmm. you know, like as far as like, as, as a like social grooming practice, as like interrupting actual human interaction. It was a very weird, you know, I said before, I mean, it's a straight up it's a chemical, it's a, it's a brain. It's a, it's, it's an addiction. It's a brain. It, it's a brain. <laughs> it's a brain. <laughs> well, yeah. but I fall victim to doing that. I think in the grocery store line or when I'm in social situations that I'm uncomfortable in, my phone becomes that second oh. handy. It becomes that handicap for me. It becomes that crux. Um, so I wonder if we have taught that to our kids. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You know, like I think we could probably say we have, but they use it inappropriately, right? Oh, like yeah. in school, maybe when they're, I don't even necessarily want to use the word bored because I don't think it's, no. it's, it's no. when they're bored. It's just any time that they they have it in their possession. And to tell them they can't have it oh, is. Mm. You get the wrong students. Uh -huh. it, it's a big, it's a big issue. It's a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that surprised me too, is that different schools will have different levels of appropriateness for phones mm -hmm. and some schools are like no one's allowed to have it period we're done and other schools are like well it's up to the teacher's discretion mm -hmm. or so and some in between right um and so i think that also surprises me is the fact that i have to make my own rules mm -hmm. <laughs> when it comes to decisions yeah. like yeah. i have to make my own rules like not just behaviors but like what do i decide i'm going to do when a behavior happens because they don't, I don't feel like they ac adequately prepare us yeah. for, for those consequences yeah. or what those should look How like. to discipline and mm -hmm. like how to act and yeah. how to Effective. react. Or, mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah. And how to make sure that it's fair and equitable in a lot of ways. That's a great point. Um, yeah. I, I have come to the point now where if kids are bad, I write their name on the board and three strikes and I'm writing their, the principal a behavior. No, mm -hmm. and I don't, and that's very juvenile and that's a very elementary school. And I don't do it for all my classes, but I have one class in particular where that's the most effective way I can be is literally your name is on my board mm -hmm. and you have strikes mm -hmm. and we're, and we're done mm -hmm. setting that boundary. My first three years of teaching, I dealt with so many behaviors. Like it, I felt like <clears throat> I really struggled like being a teacher because there were so many behaviors and so part of yes. it was just, I came in, I expected like learning and school and that was not kind of what was set up before, unfortunately. And man, like knowing how to discipline and what was okay for that school and the building and appropriate for the individuals in the classroom, like that, that's a tough thing to kind of figure out. Uh -huh. I'm really thankful for you know, in my undergrad, uh, my reading 474 course was taught uh, with, uh, in the framework of uh, love and logic, mm -hmm. right? Really what they were teaching us was like how to teach literacy. Um, but all of the model lessons that we did, we applied to the love and logic book, which meant that we were also learning this classroom management 
And I'm, I'm so thankful for that because it at least gave me like something to like think about whenever I get into those situations. Uh-huh. And I had like classes that focus on like behavior disabilities and emotional disabilities, but it's, a, it's such a like intellectual academic approach to like looking at those things. Like when you're in it, it was a very yeah, different very ball game, different. especially when those students would have disabilities, like an emotional disability where they don't look at situations necessarily the same. And like, man, that was, it was a shock. Like, like I'm the adult here <laughs> yeah, and you're <laughs> kind of off the handle and like knowing how to navigate. That was, that was tough. Like mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. I always think it's surprising um, for people who are going to go into education, probably whether you realize it or not, your whole frame of what a school day looks like is based off your experience as a student, Um, especially when we think about the first year that you're teaching. So like I graduated from a school in St. Louis. There were 2,200 kids in my high school. We had 90 minute class periods. um, And obviously like there's some stereotypes you can make about the St. Louis area that probably came to fruition in my building. So then like fast forward to me actually being a teacher and I'm in a school that's going to graduate a class of 40. Um, and even just planning my day was based off the idea that I wouldn't have the same kid in three classes. So like my first day of teaching, I was like, Oh, I've already made this kid do this. Like I can't do the same activity in multiple classes because I'm going to have the same four kids in three of them. (laughs) Yeah. And that doesn't work out. I think it's also surprising when you get into education, just like the classes that you end up teaching or like the, the knowledge base that you might need that you don't realize that you might not receive in your undergraduate like classes. Um, I definitely was shocked when they were like, yeah, you got to teach this Julius Caesar in a career paper and some other things. And I had never even read Julius Caesar. And so now I'm not only having to teach, but I, now I have to teach myself. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of self-learning in order to guide that instruction. You have to be become the expert in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm an expert of a lot in a lot of things that I didn't anticipate that I would ever use or potentially need. I think that's a big struggle, especially with the English as a content area, is that like, sure, you have fundamental skills, but then the um, frameworks that you can use to teach those skills, i.e. your text, are vast and nearly infinite. And so like, it is very real that you might have to teach a book that you have no experience with prior to teaching it. And so it does, it becomes your job to read that, become the expert, figure out how it aligns to your skills and standards. I think that's happened to me every year that I've been teaching is that I'm teaching something I'm reading for the first time. Not to be clear. I read it before the kids do. Right. 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 But like hey, I find out it's on my know course. How that book is. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think about the end? Oh, tell me. <laughs> yeah. I used to tell students like the only reason I'm giving you this homework is because it's for my college class. Like, <laughs> if you do it for me, it's just way easier. Weren't you Thank teaching you algebra much. one? Pre <laughs> <laughs> yeah. algebra. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> Wait, what's this X mean? Yeah. Wait, there's letters? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for me, a, a surprise was like that relationship that you can build with students that you have, you know, more than just once in your classroom that kind of keep coming back and they enroll in elective classes and really the the impact that you can make and like how you kind of get wrapped up in their development 
and you get to know their families and it can be a really uh, powerful, positive thing. But at the same time, there's definitely a downside. Like you see some of the things that students deal with and they confide in you and then you have to know how to approach that appropriately with the counselor or, you know, state services. And there's a lot more to teaching than just instruction, Mm -hmm. than just grading homework. Like these are people and they have unique experiences and you get to be a part of that, which can be an amazing, amazing thing. Cause at the, at the day of graduation or when they're outside um, of school and they're doing their life and they can come back and say, Hey, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. But just know that sometimes that, that double edge to that sword, like they're also young people who are dealing with stuff Mm -hmm. and just like we dealt with stuff when we were young and trying to figure out life and navigate um, crazy times. So, yeah. I'm always surprised by the amount of parenting I do in a day. Yeah. Where I'm like, well, nobody's teaching you these manners, so I'm gonna, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Like, there's, <laughs> but we're not supposed to do that. I know, so, but yeah. um, also your kid chews with their mouth open, and I'm just trying to live, <laughs> so right. can't have it. <laughs> I mean, it's that weird thing. Like, you sign up, I think, as a teacher to say, "Hey, I want people to be educated mm-hmm. and to to eventually be successful." Like, that's really what we want, right? And sometimes that requires teaching kids things that aren't in the curriculum. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in the hallway it's in the bathroom (laughs) Uh, it's a lot yeah there's all these different things and you know if you can approach it in the right way and they can trust you and man it what a what a difference it makes Mm -hmm. um yeah i still have the benefit of staying in touch with a lot of former students i had one that came by this week and had dinner with my family and it was great to Great to see Zach. Oh, right. Right yeah. um, it's just good to see that people are out there living their lives and you did the best that you could. Mm-hmm. It's not always like you do amazing. Sometimes it's just <laughs> we're doing the best that we can right. right now with what we know how to do. Yeah. And and to see some people uh be grateful for the experiences that you that you provided them. Yeah. It's there's there's a lot of surprises in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like that's one of the things I loved about it, like, especially in special education early on when I had so many different preps. Uh, so many yeah, preps. which is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Don't don't mistake this. But it, it was the the variance in every day. Like you didn't know like what the day was gonna bring, and there's something refreshing and exciting to say. You know, I'm not getting bored. I I don't know that I got bored in teaching. No, no, my job is not boring. Never bored. Yeah. Mm-mm. Tired. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and I think that goes to the ultimate surprise, which is how much all of us care. Yeah. Like how much you like it. How much I'm willing to tolerate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's that surprised by how much you will love your job and also how hard your job will be. It's an interesting Going into teaching, I had, you know, I had my friend group and I had, you know, friends that were teachers, but the your colleagues that you're in it with day to day. Like you build some really important relationships and bonds because they're, they're there with you. They know the same people. They're going through it. Their um, problems are your problems. Yeah. Man, yeah. I can um, do without. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Obviously uh, we're here. And just how important those relationships become. Um, and when we get together, sometimes we rehash some of those old stories, but we're also talking about new ones because we genuinely care about each other and, and our own successes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Go team. 
you're here. Meeting adjourned. <laughs> Join us next time as we talk about the day in the life of a teacher. If you have any questions or comments for us, you can re reach us at WTWA at 277media.com. Hey, thanks for listening to Where the Whiteboards Are. The opinions expressed in our podcast are that of the individuals and do not represent the opinions of their employers, school districts, or communities in which they work.